Hello again, and welcome back to IoT Innovation. Today, we're going to talk about apps, and because everyone talks about apps, so we thought we'd better do it as well. And really, the hook today is to talk about applications are driving a crazy amount of activity in this space. And what we want to talk about is the app development community and how we've seen it grow up with smartphones, but we think there's some pretty interesting options here with IoT. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. TelecomCareers.com Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. So, welcome back. And feature phones have really grown up from basic limited devices to the smartphones that we're all carrying around today. Along that journey, it's important to remember that the components of value that have been added to these devices started out as accessories and started out as, as little extra bits that have plugged into our phones and then became an integral part of these devices. And one thing that's key to remember here is the value started with things as basic as polyphonic ringtones. And so what we want to talk about today is some of the smartphone uh, parallels that are starting to be drawn with IoT. And our guest today is Simon Buckingham, who's the CEO and founder of Appetalism, which is a US company uh, focused on uh, social uh, applications and a platform through which both consumers and carriers can actually leverage mass market applications in a really uh, uh, unusual and interesting way. And this has been a business journey that, that Simon started uh, a long time ago. And Hi, Simon. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Chris. So what I thought it's great to talk to you about IoT, because what I'm seeing here is, is a similar journey that, that we've lived the last 15, 20 years with phones. And, you know, your, your story has always fascinated me about how you were at Vodafone and realized that, um, that smartphones or feature phones at that stage would start to, to actually have polyphonic ringtones. So you actually created a business all about ringtones, which has grown into uh, a number of businesses that you're running today. So what do you see about IoT? Tell us a little bit about your predictions based on the history that you've got with this, this landscape. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, that uh, in, in terms of smartphones, uh, really the, uh, the IoT apps, things to control your things around your home, like your swimming pool, your uh, home alarm, your garages, your, uh, you know, your energy consumption, all of these apps um, are actually very, very useful uh, for consumers. So increasingly, as we move towards a connected home environment, a smart home environment, what you're doing is you're giving consumers more apps and more reasons for them to use a smartphone. 
and also devices like smart watches. I mean, you know, one of the great things about having a smart watch is it's quite nice if you, you know, if you get an alert, um, if maybe a motion detector has gone off in your home or, you know, somebody's forgotten to uh, lock up a window or something like that. So I think actually apps are going to drive a lot of the uh, innovation and a lot of the uh, loyalty and really give people uh, a business case and a use case for having a smartwatch, for using their uh, smartphone more and more and more as an integral part of their life and really being able to control uh, more and more things uh, in their life. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so you know, one thing that occurs to me, I mean, with, with two English accents on the phone talking on, on a, you know, a US-based um, channel here, um, one of the things that occurs to me is, apart from the fact we might need subtitles, is uh, as we, as Nick and, and, uh, and, and our guest last week talked about user experience, one of the things I'm seeing here is that what is driving smartphones and what is going to drive IoT, in my view, is how these devices become integral to your life. So and I, I think your examples of security systems, home lighting, uh, things like this, these are ways that IoT is going to grow up and kind of merge with uh, the smartphone experience that we've all got already. So although it's called IoT, it won't really feel like a new category. It will just feel like an extension. Um, but one thing that, that, that um, I, I'm fascinated by is you're spending a lot of your time overseas, your businesses in a number of countries. You know, tell us a little bit what, about what you're seeing in some of those other markets that maybe we've not seen in the US yet. Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely right. I think um, the US is probably more advanced um, in terms of smart homes and, you know, some of the Creston systems, home automation and those kind of systems um, that, that I have, you know, where you can control pretty much everything in the home. And a lot of homes now are being wired for that. But a lot of the applications that you see for IoT uh, around the world are, are more of a more industrial nature. So we're seeing a lot more, um, a lot more sort of environmental apps, a lot because really the infrastructure I think is a little less developed. Uh, so people really want to have more visibility and trying to increase the efficiency and build towards smart cities and, and that kind of thing. So. I think everybody faces, wherever you are in the world, you have the same challenge, really. And that's obviously getting the hardware deployed, getting the technology employed, building the, biz the business case. How you, you know, how are you going to justify things economically? How are you going to get the cost of the, of, the, of the cellular modules or the Wi-Fi modules, you know, down to a point right. where... You know, we can have ubiquitous connectivity and ubiquitous information and data flowing. Um, so really, it's driven, in my, in my view, by three things. One, the hardware has to be right. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, the, uh, the application has to be right. And thirdly, you talked about user interface. Clearly, um, you have to be able to interpret and control the data uh, and, and, and understand what's going on. So I completely agree with you that, um, you know, all of these components have to, get, have to come together for IoT apps to be truly useful uh, to people in their everyday life and truly useful to businesses 
um, as they go about, uh, you know, building their services. Right, right. So, so I mean, let's talk a little bit about the applications because I, I think this is a really under under discussed topic area related to IoT at the moment because with the with the possible exception of, of smartwatches, I mean, there's there's not a lot of on device apps that are thought about. It's actually more uh, apps on smartwatches, or smartphones, and other devices that are on your tablet that control an IoT device. So, I mean, as you've built this community worldwide with application developers and, and content, both for consumers and large brands, have you started having those conversations with those groups regarding the apps for the IoT devices? Is this an area that's starting to pop up on the agenda of all the meetings that you're having? It definitely is, Chris. Yeah, I think people um, people are really starting to uh, get behind our IoT apps because um, they're 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 something that's very innovative. Um, you know, I mean, there's only so many games that that you want to play on your smartphone. You know, every day, you know, there are a thousand new games uh, published on uh, on the app stores. Um, you know, so there's a tremendous amount of competition um, in in some of the consumer side, whereas some of the um, the IoT stuff I think pre presents uh, third parties with um, a huge opportunity because it's a lot more of a of a you know less competitive environment if you like. There are more and more standards now, um, so that you can start to uh, access uh, you know different equipment in a more of a standard way so third parties uh, can start to um, uh, build it build applications um, that help people to control things within their home and within their business so I think um, um, if, if developers start to use uh, IOT apps in their own life um, as I've started to do, I think they start that you know the light bulb goes off. You know they start to realise it's not really the Internet of Things. You know they don't think of it in, in in those terms. They think about it in terms of how they can control their life, how they can basically uh, get um, uh, you know get, get visibility and access and control over things going on around them. So I think um, uh, a lot of developers see a lot of opportunities. Um, as we move forward and uh, as more and more devices become connected. So in, interestingly, you talked about control and you talked about the developer noise, the kind of the range of competition. You know, one of the things that I've seen over the years on the hardware side is that there are various parties that have agendas to try and drive the bus in terms of, uh, of hardware features, hardware control. You know, from a from a systemic point of view, the operators have a big role to play in this development of IoT. Um, they certainly, you know, can, can are the ones that drive features. We've seen um, companies like AT and T, who we'll be talking to next week, get involved in digital home, digital life, some of the security system uh, uh, and automotive activities. What you know, you spent you spent time um, at Vodafone and working with the operators around the world over the years. What do you think about their role in this IoT landscape? I mean, should they be leading from the front? Should they be kind of sweeping up and filtering things? You know, what what do you what do you think they're? How are they viewing this this changing uh, um, you know um, opportunity? 
Well, I think the operator has two roles, really. One, I think, is obviously the transport providing uh, a lot of the uh, connectivity and, uh, you know, and, 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 the, and the ability to actually uh, connect all of these devices takes quite a lot of bandwidth. It's going to take high-speed data networks um, and, um, you know, and, and, and capacity there. Um, and clearly devices as well. I think the operators could standardize some of the modules, some of the devices, mm -hmm. maybe start to subsidize some of them to get, you know, some of the, uh, some of the, the economics of scale and scope uh, kicking in. And then I think the other side for the operators is probably in terms of data aggregation. I mean, somebody needs to uh, aggregate all of the data from all of these devices, all of these activities, and try and potentially make sense of it. Um, and I think um, an operator is a trusted party. A carrier is somebody that can provide that uh, intelligence um, and, and aggregate and unify everything. Um, so, um, you know, that's a big question for them. Are they going to utilize a third party or are they actually going to start sifting through some of this stuff, um, you know, themselves? So I think there is a role for the operator to play, but I think equally third parties have a very important part of this ecosystem. Um, I think um, app development is, you know, and user interfaces is quite a specialized area. And we, we prefer to see app developers come in and build, you know, those, those that front, the front end, you know, app uh, stuff. Um, and then, you know, a lot of third parties, you know, there are a lot of contractors out there to put these devices in, install a lot of this infrastructure and equipment. It tends to be that, you you know, you would use a third party to do that. So right. I think really in terms of enabling this entire ecosystem, there are several partnerships and several players uh, that need to be involved. Right. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's, again, that's part of the conversation that we'll have next week um, with AT&T. But I mean, I think you're exactly right. The retail stores are not the place to learn about IoT. You know, there, there's a lot of media activity. There's a lot of discussion uh, about these devices that Google or Facebook or others are supporting and how they fit in. Um, you know, and I mean, part of what this series has been about is trying to sift the noise from the really life-changing uh, devices and, and features. So, so coming on to that a little bit, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the way I see technology is that I have to care about it first as a, as a human being before I start to care as a professional. And so, you know, I mean, I'm always interested in, in what type of applications, what type of use cases have you found to be really compelling for yourself? And if you've got some examples. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I would say that the education and awareness, well, you know, I've built a lot of services over the last 20 years from text messaging to ringtones to apps, you know, and, and really in order for things to, to become successful, the first thing you need is education and awareness. So one of the things that I, I quite, I think is quite useful is if we do use the word smart, you know, we talk about smart homes, smart cars, we talk 
talk about smartphones, smart watches. I think you know the Internet of Things as a you know as a or machine to machine or whatever you want to call it is quite a difficult piece of terminology for consumers to get around. So I quite like to have, um, you know, I think the, the operators and the industry can play a role in terms of branding these types of services so that consumers um, can understand them and be aware of them because that's the precursor to any type of adoption. Um, you know, and, and I think um, in terms of my personal apps, um, some of the things I've been doing, and let me just show my device here if you can see it, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm controlling a lot of things really around, around the home um, with my device. So um, I have um, a, a, an, an app here that controls my, um, my alarm system. Let me just log in. So um, I have a, my security system. Um, I don't know if you can see, but there are a whole bunch of different sensors. I can see that at the moment, um, my, uh, my, my laundry window is open and I can see that the, the motion detector in my master bedroom has, has been act, you know, activated. So I can get all sorts of notifications. And what happened here was my um, security company, Safe Touch, did a deal with a company called Alarm.com. So now if I want to turn my alarm on or turn my alarm off or see what's happening in my home, I can my Alarm.com app, um, you know, and, and, and that's quite useful. If I forget to turn the alarm off, I can be out on the road in my car and I can just go ahead and turn it on, turn it off. Um, and I can do that remotely. Um, similarly, um, I have an app here, um, which is a home automation app. It's from a company called um, Creston, um, who are quite big in the home automation. Um, and I can control things here, like I can control my blinds, um, you know, my lighting, my climate, my shades. I can, I can you know, push my shades up and down, um, you know, uh, remotely. Um, I can um, control my thermostat um, with this particular application, um, you know, and, and the same thing here with my pool, my swimming pool. I used to use this device here um, to actually, um, you know, it's, this was my home automation device. I could basically just turn my, my air blower on, turn my spa on, you know, heat the pool, cool the pool and that kind of thing. Um, but now what, what I've got is an app that will, that will enable me to do the exact same thing. Um, I can basically, um, you know, connect to my pool lighting, turn my pool lighting on and off. Um, I can have a look at my spa and, and, and I can turn the heater on and off. So, you know, a lot of um, um, devices now, a lot of uh, applications and things around the home, whether it's climate, whether it's security, whether it's swimming pools, whatever it might be, um, you know, I can now actually control with an app on either my smartphone or my uh, smartwatch. Um, and, and that just makes, gives me more reasons to pick up my phone. Um, it gives me more uses, um, you know, to, uh, to, to adopt the, the, the phone. And it gives me more control and, you know, and, and ultimately the, 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 the smartphone does start to become that remote control for your life, you know, that we've always um, 
you know, thought it would be. The vision has always been you can control everything, see and do everything. Um, and these IoT apps, these smart apps, uh, you know, have, uh, I've started to use within the last, um, you know, year or so. Um, and now I use them, you know, three, four, five times a day. I, I wouldn't mind checking things, seeing what the temperatures are of the pool, et cetera, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so I find them very, very useful. And it really has driven my loyalty um, and my engagement with um, with the smartphone and, and made me think maybe I do need a smart watch. So like, I can see if something's going on. I can you know, control things around the home with uh, with my with a, with a smart device. So interesting, because I mean, basically, what what you're saying, I think, is that the the IoT devices, with the, maybe the exception of the smart watch, are really acting as sensors for your life that are aware of things that you're not present to be aware of personally. And then, and then basically your, your smartphone is acting as the remote control for that. So you're actually on the network and engaging with the network more and with the phone more than you used to because you're turning to it to, to look at these remote devices. Exactly. I mean, something pretty simple. Last week I went down on vacation and, you know, I had a pet sitter come in um, and, you know, and, and by getting notifications of when, you know, the front door opens and stuff like that, you know, I can basically, uh, you know, see what's going on. I've actually got camera access. I can look at the cameras, you know, around my home um, and, uh, you know, and, and check what's going on. So, yeah, when you're not there, and I think, you know, when you're not there, you, you are there, you know, you have a certain amount of access and a certain amount of control. And I don't think it's revolutionary, Chris, you know, it, these, these things are all great, um, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to do. But I think it's the, it's the accumulation when you've, you know, when you've got all of these things, it is quite nice if you, you know, if you want to turn the spa on and, you know, you're, you're, you know, it takes half an hour to warm up you know, to the to the temperature and you're out and about, say, your shop, supermarket shopping, it's quite nice to be able to just turn the spa on um, so that it's, you know, when you're back, you know, you, it's ready to use it. I mean, these aren't going to, these aren't revolutionary things, but they're certainly very, very convenient, um, you know, in, in, the, in the case of the consumer. Um, and one of the other applications I have here in the house, if I can show you, um, I don't know if you can see this, um, but I also here in, in the home, I have uh, my, this house here is what's called an energy wise um, her home. And actually um, the, these little sensors here um, are, um, are connected to uh, the water heater and also um, they're connected to the air conditioning unit. Um, and this, what these um, sensors actually do, my uh, energy company, a company called Duke Energy, is actually through an IoT device controlling all of my energy consumption in the home. So what they actually do, they've got a two, these are two-way communication devices. And what they do is they turn off the, um, uh, the water heater, they turn off the pool heater, they turn off the air conditioning unit 
um, and they're actually saving money. They have an environmental, you know, a, a positive environmental impact. So, you know, it, it, energy companies like Duke Energy with this Energy Wise program, they can actually use IoT to, um, you know, to help the homeowner, you know, to actually help with the overall community uh, demand, you know, if there's a if there's a, a rush on services, they can actually moderate some of your usage, um, you know, and, and and these sorts of applications, I think, um, you know, look go on in the background that are actually managed by my own energy company, actually right. end up sa saving a you know quite a lot of money um, each month, um, you know, because ultimately if the water heater's full, turn the thing off, you don't need to incur more energy. So these are very useful, um, you know, applications and things that are going on in IoT. And personally, I just think there are going to be more and more of them, you know, over time. Um, and as more new houses get built, um, I think that, that, you know, all of this stuff is going to be pre-wired. You know, we're going to have, we've got Cat6, you know, Cat6 fibre snaked all around the home and everything can be accessed and controlled, you know, via an IoT app. So it just becomes tremendously powerful. And over time, obviously, you know, the costs are going to go down, the, the, the hardware is going to get cheaper um, and, um, and so is the connectivity and the bandwidth. And I just think um, uh, these, these things are going to be more and more convenient for consumers and obviously for businesses as well. And that presents a tremendous opportunity uh, for, um, uh, for, for application developers because actually a lot of these companies that put this hardware in are not necessarily the best people to do, you know, intuitive, easy uh, user interfaces. I mean, as a good example... Creston, who would do the home automation, the smart home software, until recently they had a very poor user interface. Same with my pooler company, um, uh, Pentair. They actually, um, I'm going to try and pull this app up and show you, you know, some of these apps, I mean, you can have a look here um, if you can see it. I mean, that's a very simple app. I mean, basically, there's nothing to it. The user interface is quite poor. I personally think that, um, you know, uh, you know, I've got, I've got this sort of here. This is quite difficult for me to even read, you know, my salt level. It's, it's, you know, if somebody could build a more intuitive app, I don't even know what an ORP level is at 708. <laughs> Should I be worried about my ORP level? You know, <laughs> you know so I just think this if, is a tremendous opportunity for an app developer to come in and actually build a better app, build a better interface, yeah. um, and actually um, do a little bit what Mint.com did in the personal finance sector, they, you know, they built a very simple and easy way for you to be able to actually manage all of your different bank accounts. I almost think you need like a mint.com for IoT apps, where right. instead of me having four or five apps, you know, for my TV, my alarm system, my, you know, uh, uh, my uh, security system, I almost want to see everything in one in one app and be able to control all of that, that would be tremendously useful for me in an intuitive, easy-to-use format. So I think there are big opportunities out there for third parties to get involved in these IoT apps and do a better job 
than some of the hard, the more hardware-oriented companies uh, are doing at the moment. Yeah, I think you know Nick talked last week about the Amazon Echo device, and I mean, having been playing with that now for a little while, I mean, they're starting to integrate other things like the Hue lighting and in, and some of the uh, the Wemo remote uh, control of power supplies that where, where you don't have to go to another device, the application is there, it's voice controlled, so you don't even have, a, a, the UI is actually voice controlled rather than uh, having to go to an app, which of course you can do as well. I think, I think the key back to the question about the operators is, is who's gonna consolidate this? Because if you've got one remote, you know, you got to, you know, this is almost a Lord of the Rings thing. I mean, you know, one ring to bind us, right? I mean, so if you've got one way of controlling everything, who is the who is the company controlling all of that? And I guess to some extent in our lives today, that's companies like Google and Apple because they're the repositories for all this information. I don't think I see that yet for home automation and some of these other applications. Maybe it's coming from you know the Nest acquisition, or maybe it's coming from Amazon. But I'm not sure who's going to drive that from an application point of view. Um, what do you think? I think that it will. I think that you you're absolutely right. Um, you know the big players in the internet. You know with with Google. Uh, you know Google and and uh, and obviously Amazon and Apple and people like that. Apple have obviously got all of their uh, you know SDKs across the you know, cars and homes and and devices and health. You know etc. And Google. You know even this week have bought out you know a fitness tracker and click and they bought out. They bought a couple of um, high-speed Wi-Fi, you know, networks. So they're thinking about the connectivity side of it. You know, they bought out a new um, a new camera in the Nest family, right. which is based off of their drop cam acquisition. So yeah. um, I do believe that all of those players are going to fight to, you know, to, to own the home, control some of the, the things around the home as well. Um, but I do think that there is a role for, for third parties, um, and I, um, I think there's a, a role, a, you know, there, there, there's a lot of uh, competition and innovation to come. And I think um, if you clearly, if you're able, if you're an IoT application developer and you're able to build something that does get traction by utilizing some of these um, third party and, and, and standards, you know, that are being adopted around um, IoT, um, then clearly you could become a big acquisition target and, you know, you can build something up and, uh, you know, and, uh, and really get there and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, do, do be successful in this, uh, in this emerging ecosystem because this is very much day one. There are a few apps and a, a few players are starting to position themselves, but um, at this point in time, um, you know, nobody has really uh, been able to capture the entire ecosystem and embed themselves in everybody's lives, um, in, you know, in, in every way. So there's still a big opportunity there. Whereas some of the more consumer apps, it is much tougher to go out there and build a game that's going to be successful. Um, yeah, you know, with it's a thousand way. others. Exactly. Yeah, yeah with a thousand yeah. others every single day. So yeah. um, um, uh, I think there's some great opportunities for apps, um, and we, you know, we can't wait to see some of the innovation that that happens, uh, um, you know, in the enterprise space and in the consumer space. Well, I mean, as, as you have done for the last 20 years, I, I look forward to uh, watching how you're participating in this journey and, and uh, 
really want to say thank you for your time today talking with us about this. And I don't know about the, the rest of the viewers, but I, I feel like the one thing I want to do now is spend the weekend at your house. <laughs> so anyway, Simon, thanks a lot for giving us a little bit of time. And um, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And so our guest today has been Simon Buckingham, the CEO of Appetalism. And we'd like to close at that point. And if you've got any topics uh, and speakers that you'd like to put forward for the future, then please let me know. I will, um, my friend. Yeah, uh, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, Chris. See ya. Bye, mate. IoT Innovation is a production of RCR TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT Innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT Innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.